0: Hello, friends, and welcome to a fresh series here on the In Awe Podcast, where the month of April, this series feature, will give us stories all about champions. Though when I planned this series at the turn of the year, I had no idea we would all need a champion at this exact time, I'm grateful for the gift of perfect timing— it so happens that none of these interviews were in the queue, so to speak, due to all the challenges with rescheduling. And so our conversations are so fresh that we process in our conversations the challenges we're facing during COVID-19. And as all these women on the series are true champions in their own space space and special ways in this world, we walk away inspired every single time. May you find grace in these conversations, hope, fortification, common ground, I love this community. I am so honored to continue to bring you stories from women whose messages are meant to inspire us always. And I am grateful that you are here with me now. More than ever, community matters. And I've never been more grateful to be on this mission. And I believe this one will land with you in the ways that it needs to, my friends. Tara Martin is an enthusiastic educator, national speaker, and author who thrives on change and refuses to settle for the status quo. She has served as a classroom teacher and instructional coach for several years, and most recently a district administrator. As the founder of Hashtag Book Snaps, the latest reading comprehension strategy currently implemented in 17 countries, she is always seeking unique ways to make learning fun, relevant, and meaningful. Tara is the author of the inspirational book, Be Real, Educate from the Heart, and Cannibal cannonball in a motivating children's book illustrated by genesis kohler tara firmly believes machines and artificial intelligence will never replicate an individual's real identity the unique strengths talents and life experiences of every human tara's passion for education and love of writing led her to a new role where she coaches and serves educational authors as the director of public relations and communication for dbc inc tara recently launched her own podcast the real journey show Tara's ambition is to lead a culture of innovative change, keep social-emotional learning at the heart of our work, and encourage others to cannonball in and fulfill their true potential. In this episode, we engage in a deep conversation about how Tara champions for so many that she serves, including those who read and hear her message about being real and cannonballing in, as well as the authors that she serves in her role at DBC Inc. I loved hearing about how Dave Burgess was her champion to get that first book published, and she shares vulnerably and lovingly about two educational champions who had a significant impact in her own life. I loved every part of this conversation and you can hear me get emotional at the end from her insights. What an honor to share with you Tara Martin's champion story. Welcome, Tara Martin, to the In Awe Podcast. I am so excited to finally have you featured here on the podcast for my listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm super excited. Well, you and I both know that you have been meant to be on this podcast for approximately one and a half years, which is about how long I've had it. <laughs> We've tried to reschedule and it just must be meant to be that you get to talk about Champion today. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me too. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And could you do me a favor, Tara? It would be such a shock if listeners didn't know. And of course, I shared a little bit in your bio. But do you want to share where you are at in this world and kind of what you're up to currently? Certainly. So um, I
1: am. I live in Lawrence, Kansas, right in the middle of the US. I have done several things. I've been in the classroom, instructional coach, administration. I've, I currently work for Dave Burgess Consulting Incorporated, I am the Director of PR and Communications, and that's just a fancy title for I get to work with fabulous authors like Sarah and help them <laughs> share their message with the world. and i I just love what I get to do. I get to coach um in a way like I've spent so much time instructional coaching and I feel like, one of the ways I get to help authors is helping them overcome that fear of putting their manifesto out into the world and, and launching it, actually shipping it out. And I love that piece because it's so near and dear to my heart about keeping it real and being able to show that vulnerability and share your message with the world so other people can be uplifted. So I get to do a ton of different things for DBC Inc, but that's one of my favorite parts of my role.
0: Well, and I love that part of your role and just mentioning the fact that you not only have your own really beautiful and authentic and important message to share with the world, which I'm excited to amplify today, but also that you are a literal champion, not only for the authors that you serve, but for the audience that gets to hear the messages land, and for everybody that you work with when you go out and speak. And now you have a podcast. I mean, there's so much in this world that you're championing, and I just love, love, love it.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. Well, it's it's a pure joy. I, I love sharing my message, my Be Real message, Cannibal in message. I love sharing those messages. But, you know, it just lifts you in just a unique way when you're able to help 146 authors be able to share their messages with the world and and to see the faces and to see the tweets and the responses from the educators and students out there that are getting to receive these messages it brings so much joy to my heart.
0: Well when you just drop that number I'm like wow that's that's a big number. <laughs>
1: 146 a lot of authors. Well some of them are coming out this year but I already get to work with them so I mean, in the phase of my work, I, as soon as they turn in their manifesto, I start working with them on laying the foundations for getting things ready to be able to promote their book easier. So if they need a help with building a website, if um, whatever platforms that they're most comfortable, then that's where I work with them. So it's just a fun job. It's a really fun job.
0: Well, and it's so cool because I've been able to, like, I'm not the oldest veteran, but by any means, but I feel like I've seen the evolution of the growth of the DBC Inc. that you're working for right now. And it's been kind of fun to watch you evolve in that role ever since you came on full time. And so I would love for a couple of things. One is I want to make sure my listeners do get to hear a little bit about your be real message. Cause I think it's phenomenal. And your cannonball in, I think we can tie that through to the fact that you launched out of, um, you know, titled roles in schools to kind of take this plunge into working in a business world. And so I'd like you to be able to just kind of talk about all of that, you know, um, in any order that you'd like, ma'am.
1: Totally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, being in the school system, is all I knew. I mean, I started out as a teacher. That was my. I. I just. I've been in education ever since I came out of college. So um, when I took this cannonball, literally, (laughs) into working into the business world, technically, working for Dave Burgess Consulting, Inc. It was such a new experience in every single way. And I'm just going to kind of relate it to my picture book, Cannonball in because what happened is... In Cannonball In, my um it's based off it's a picture book based off of a true story of a little girl whose dad encourages her to get out of the shallow end and go cannonball, make a jump. And what she had done is just watch the jumpers and never felt she was good enough to be able to swim in the deep end. But what one of the pieces of advice her dad gave her is you know what, you don't need to be able to touch the bottom over there. You know how to swim. And she kept saying, but I can't touch. What if I have to come up for air? And he said, you know how to swim. And so when I launched into working for DBC Inc., I feel like the the message for me then was you understand education. Like, you know how to be a learner by discovery, You know how to persevere when things aren't going well. You know how to do these foundational skills to try something brand new and and you're going to swim. Like you're not going to let yourself drown. You're not going to let this company drown. You're going to swim. You're going to learn what the people need and you're going to serve. And I, I think that's just so cool when you're thinking about, as if you're an educator out there listening or you're a business owner, it doesn't really matter your profession. When you are thinking about starting a role from the ground up, and often as educators, we tell students, you know, we are preparing you for jobs that aren't yet created. Well, I'm living that right now. and. <laughs> <laughs> what I had to do. And it wasn't easy, Sarah. Honestly, it's not easy. It's very difficult to go in and not be the expert at something and to build the plane while flying it. it it's it's much harder than it sounds when you're just saying it. But the key things I would give mm-hmm. anyone who's listening that's trying something new is, especially if you're building a role, a, a professional role from the ground up, find out what your people need and serve them, like figure out how you can learn exactly what they learn to produce what they need and serve. And that's what I had to do. I had to learn what the authors needed. What do our readers need? What do our, does our DBC Inc team need that I can provide? And then I watched a ton of YouTube videos, got professionals to help me. And I learned how to serve in those capacities and it takes perseverance, it takes learning by discovery, it takes trial and error. It's all these critical skills that we need every day that helps us to prepare us for these jobs that, quote unquote, aren't yet created. You will be the, the, the champion, you'll be the pioneer of that role. And it's, it's beautiful because you really get to tailor make it. You know, rather than having this list of goals and this list of when I first started, I asked Dave and Shelly, where's my rubric for, you know, proficient and exceed standard. Like, I need something. I need something to tell me like that. I'm killing it. And they're like, yeah, you get to build that. (laughs) Oh, God, what if I mess up? Like, oh, my goodness. No, no, no. But um, But if you're serving your people, you're going to exceed standard. You're going to meet the standard and you're going to exceed the standard.
0: Yeah. And it's a really beautiful message that you have when I consider this idea of, you know, being a champion. And we all feel like we all need a champion. Um, And then being that champion in a new space is not easy. Um, you know, it's that like forging your own path. And I love this vision of you just serving, serving, serving. And I think that this message is really timely Tara, because I think of how many people in this world right now that are doing something brand new. Um, and I just listened to you so much of your message. And I know you're going to relate to this always reminds me of that Brene Brown piece on vulnerability. And she just launched her own podcast, Unlocking Us. And she was talking about um, first times and and how hard they can be and how we all struggle with that. And so, you know, you just sharing that whole piece of it is really big, I think, right now for us to hear about. Um, And also, I just love your message in the Be Real framework. And so I want to make sure that Our listeners are able to hear something from you about that particular message that you launched in on, um, you know, when you were an author before you were championing for everyone else's messages too. Totally.
1: So as um, with Be Real, first of all, I definitely had a champion in that because having Dave Burgess just believe in me and trust me to write that message was so powerful. And I and it kind of relates back. I keep pu- pulling it back to that Cannonball In book, but in the Cannonball In book, the, the dad is the voice of encouragement, the voice of reason, the voice of reminding this little girl that you were born to jump, like you weren't born to sit on the sidelines and watch the jumpers. You were born to jump. And Dave Mm -hmm. became that for me when it came to launching Be Real. So Be Real is based on an acronym of being relatable, exposing a little vulnerability, approachable, and learning through life. And that, my friends, is something that all of us can do we don't need a special piece of equipment to be able to do this. We don't need a new program to be able to be real. We can be real in every area, and every aspect of our life. And that is a piece that technology can never, ever replace. And it's not going – this is not something that can ever be replicated. Nobody can ever – have your individual talents, your unique skills, your pa- your past experiences, good, bad, and ugly. No one can make up you. You are created and designed specifically for a purpose. And that's what Be Real is all about. It's all about staying true to who you are and empowering all those within your realm of influence to stay true to who they are. Being real is technically being a champion, right? Because you are finding all of these individual talents out there, these unique skills. And that's what Dave did for me. He didn't let me towered down, which what I wanted to do, right? I wrote the whole book. If you ever read his forward, you could read it for free at DeBurgisConsulting.com. Go to books and go to Be Real and you could read the forward for free there and just hear what he had to say because that's exactly what happened. I called him and I was like, you know, I know the book is ready to go out. Like it's already been edited, everything. It was ready. And I was like, I just, I, I changed my mind and I really don't want to publish it. And he said, why? Like, no, this isn't an option. I'm like <laughs> bawling. I'm like, I, I really don't. There's so many vulnerable pieces about my life in there. I grew up in a um, abusive home life that was super scary. And there's some things I reveal and be real that has never been shared before until that book. And I just got scared. I got, I, I had like this fear that- I don't know really exactly what the fear was all about. Maybe criticism, maybe judgments from the world. But I, I just decided I'm not publishing it. I can't do it. My heart was like down in my stomach. I'm like, I'm not doing, I don't want to do it. And I remember him telling me that... Basically, that same advice that my dad gave me, just in different words, like you were born to sit on the sidelines and watch the jumpers like you were born to jump. You have a splash to be made and someone needs to hear this message. And that's why you're so scared to put it out there, because it does expose a lot of you. But there are teachers, there are educators, there are professionals out there that need to hear that being real is is very important in a world where a lot of things are fake, a lot of things are only the highlight reel. We sometimes don't even know what our students are going through on a day-to-day basis. But sharing your message out there is going to help teachers to be able to relate to others and build relationships like they've never done before because you're able to share this message. So you are going to publish this message. We are going to slay this dragon of fear. And it's go- it's going out. <laughs> like, basically, I didn't have a choice, but I'm glad that he was my champion that day because... So many people everywhere I travel and talk about being real, there are people Mm -hmm. all around that come up and say, I have a similar story or thank you for making me feel that my story was for a purpose. Thank you for not being bitter about your background Mm -hmm. and not taking this victim mentality, but taking it as I went through that and I came out stronger so I can help other people and other students and other adults that are going through similar experiences so they can know that you can come out stronger on the other side.
0: That's so good. Um, So much of what you said is just, it's speaking to me in a lot of different ways. And I love that Dave emerges as this champion for you so that you can champion for this message and for everybody that you touch with it, because um, having that having that message published is no joke. That vulnerability, where your truths are laid on this page that can never be, you know, once it's published, it's out there, and so it's a it's a big deal. But right. I also think, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're meant to. We're meant to share our stories. We're wired for stories. It's the way we can connect. And I love that through your life message, you're able to give this really impactful, powerful message to people who have the opportunity to be champions for students every single day, every day. And I know that that is a major message um, for all of us to hear. And so I think about your past and um, just knowing that you had to have some champions kind of growing up. Is there any any piece that you'd like to speak to? And you mentioned that you know that vulnerable piece of struggling, but I know that resilience is built from protective factors, which very likely were educators in your own life. I imagine is that accurate?
1: That is very true. So I typically don't join any podcast without talking about Mrs. S, my second grade teacher, who was the first champion that I can truly remember in my life. And when I joined her class, she asked the whole class, like, what do you want to learn at the end of second grade? And I I could just picture people raising their hand and wanting to learn how to climb the monkey bars or do this or do that. And I knew exactly what I wanted to learn at the end of second grade. But when it came to be my turn, it was time to line up for recess. And I was so upset because I had my hand raised in the air. It was nearly bouncing around in my chair. And I just couldn't wait to tell her what I wanted to learn at the end of second grade. And when she said, hold your thoughts, Taryn, when you walk out to recess, you can tell me. And so when I came out the door, she got on one knee like, second grade teachers do and looked me straight in the eye and said, what do you want to learn at the end of second grade, sweetie? And I said, I want to learn to read. And she said, you're going to learn to read. And I remember that day like it was yesterday because I was struggling so bad in school. Not only was I the stinky kid, not only was I the kid that had no friends, literally. Um, I was academically struggle. I was really great at coloring and I loved lunch and PE and that's about it when it came to success in school. Uh, by the time I was in the second grade, I was still learning my letter names and letter sounds. I was a great deal behind academically behind my peers. And Mrs. S, every single day from that moment forward, or as, as clear as I can remember, when I got off the bus, I got to go into the classroom. Everybody else had to wait outside and I got to sit at the horseshoe table and she had me a homemade granola bar on a little brown paper napkin and she gave me a big hug every single morning. And honestly, I don't know how she did it, but she taught me to read that year. And I, not only did I grow and level up with my peers in the second grade when it came to reading and writing, she taught me the love of writing as well, but I never ever struggled in school again, ever. I became an all-A student. I became a first generation graduate of anything. And I, I always think back to I always think back to her being that champion for me. Like she didn't let all of my current circumstances hold me down. And she didn't see me as she never made me feel like I was a burden. In fact, I thought she enjoyed it. (laughs) Like I thought it was our special time to hang out together. But I, I really don't know what she thought during those moments. But I know the impact that she made on my life changed me. Profession, like in every way, personally and professionally, she changed the trajectory, not only of my thought process, but of my future. I became the only one to come out of such a yucky situation. And I credit that back to her. And also I had a coach in the seventh grade. I remember, and I I was, I might've been, I was 13 years old. So I might've been the eighth grade, but it was middle school. I, was getting ready to go to volleyball practice. And, and sadly at this moment in my life, and I remember this, like it was yesterday too. Um, I just kind of got to this place where I didn't think I was ever going to turn 18. Like I, I was 13 years old and I was like, okay, I've been fighting this for a long time. And I just made a plan to take my own life. It was, it was a terrible thing to think and a terrible thing to do and to consider. But my coach, she she was so beautiful. I don't know why she did this this day, but the Lord or someone of greater power decided to visit with her and, and have her talk to me. And if you're out there listening, I know that you have these moments where you're just like, okay, that kid needs just a little bit more attention today. I don't know why, but I've got to give it to him. And that's kind of what Coach C did for me that day. She just reached over and gave me a hug and just started telling me all these beautiful things that I had to offer the world. And she had knew nothing. I had told no, no one. I didn't even write it in my diary because I was so scared that somebody would know. And she told me all these beautiful things about myself, about me and what I had to offer the world and how the team really needed me. And everything she told me that day gave me this ray of hope that carried me for the next five years until I could get out on my own. And I'm so grateful that she did because I wouldn't have been able to be this champion for kids. You know, I later became a teacher in Inner City and served kids that I felt like were like me of sorts. And I wanted to give back to them. I wanted to be a champion, be a Coach C, be a Mrs. S for them and help them to realize that, yeah, your your situation is not anything you ever asked for and you don't deserve this. But you are going to come out and you're going to be able to connect. You're going to have levels of empathy that other people that have never gone through this will ever Truly have. And you'll be able to connect with people in a very real way and help them to overcome their situations as well. So I'm so grateful for the educators. There's a ton of them. Those two really stand out to me that
0: just changed me. What a beautiful blessing that they are um, to hear about now. You know, just I think we all had, you know, a Miss S or a Coach C at some point, I hope, you know, and it's certainly to not probably the same degree. But what a gift of a blessing that educators are. Can we just say that?
1: <laughs> Take Oh, amen! It's so true, and I think sometimes you don't even know. Like the words we say as educators to students, or even as an administrator to the teachers and our colleagues, it, it could be just the right word at just the right time that gives them that ray of hope that helps them to keep going.
0: We have that opportunity to speak life, right? And so, yeah, it's such a it's such a gift. And I think um, your story is just so powerful. For so many reasons. Thank you for sharing that uh, piece specifically about having suicidal thoughts. And it's, um, it's something that we know is true and something that we know is real. And also, you know, the generation that we're currently serving in schools is becoming one of the most prevalent and important topics of our lifetime. Um you know, the suicide rate for the Gen Z is really high. And so educators, let's just not forget that, that we have the power to speak life to people, even if we don't know what's going on inside of their minds and their hearts and their spirits.
1: Yeah. I always say to follow that little nudge on your heart. If you have just a little nudge to reach out to someone no matter how silly it might sound. And right now I know we're all quarantined. I mean, if we're in the middle of this coronavirus stuff, but I have had those nudges all throughout this time too, where I just, I'm like, I got to call them. And I know that's so awkward because I've never called them before, but I reached out and asked for their phone number and just asked, can I talk to you just for five minutes? I just feel it in my heart to talk to you right now. And I think we just need to be able to follow those little nudges in our heart because you just never know it be it a student a teacher a lot of people are going through just a lot of things right now it's important that we reach out because that realness that is truly the piece that that the technology can never replace we still need to be able to connect with other humans and that's what our our mind and our heart and
0: our soul craves Yeah, such a good reminder right now for that. So thank you, you know, students or (laughs) adults, family members, whatever that happens to be. It can feel a little overwhelming, right? But just it'd be so easy to kind of get tunnel vision right now in regard to what it is we're supposed to be doing and keeping track of our homes and then our own mental health. But I think that was just such a good reminder, Tara. Thank you. And in fact, I'm going to be honest, right? When you're talking about it, I sent a text out because <laughs> I felt that uh, exact nudge that I've been probably ignoring for a few too many hours today. So uh, listeners, you can take that opportunity as well. Yes, please do. No, I was just going to say, you know, there's another piece that is way lighter. Okay. It's not as serious as what we've delved into. So I want to hear about your, um, the, the champion in you for, is it CrossFit? What is it that you're so into?
1: Yes. I joined CrossFit, um, September, October, actually of 2019. And I, Love it. I tell everyone the only thing that I would do differently is start it sooner because one of the things I love about it, Sarah, there's so many pieces. First of all, I think that that the CrossFit box, which is what we call our gym, it's the same thing. The CrossFit box is a perfect example of an ideal classroom. It's I know that sounds silly, but they scale. So they differentiate everyone's uh, workout is on their level, but we're all doing it at the same time. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to be a part of. But the thing I love the most about CrossFit is that I wanted to start something that I knew nothing about. And I wanted to truly be a beginner in every aspect of the way. And, and, I know that sounds silly for anyone who really knows me out there because I am such a perfectionist and I hate it. It's a terrible, it's a terrible trait I have, but I want to be really, really good at everything that I do. But with CrossFit, I knew... Um, I had, I visit a wellness doctor and she's a whole body wellness doctor. And one of the pieces is therapy that she uh, uses. And one of the things she said is Tara, it would be awesome for you to join some kind of community, but yet something that you have to be like a, you know, nothing about, like you have to be, you have to be a beginner because you don't have a choice. And so when I researched, I found this CrossFit gym called Valley CrossFit in Lawrence, Kansas. I love it. And so when I joined, Truly, I had no idea how to do any of those moves, and it's so frustrating at first, but it is so incredible to be able to get back to the basics, to try something you've never done before, and to celebrate those little tiny success moments along the way, and get to this place where you're getting stronger, not only physically, but mentally, and you also have this community around you and they cheer you on and they love you endlessly. We are a family in that gym. And we spend so much time just encouraging each other. They are true champions. We have actual athletes that are competitive in our box that go out and they really are champions in their in their um, area of expertise. But in that place. It's such a safe place to be able to learn, to grow. And you have everyone just cheering you on right now. We're all quarantined. So we're, We don't get to work out together. We have a Facebook group. Our coaches are so young. They have flipped all of the learning into YouTube videos. So we get a briefing each day of our workout. And then we all post in our Facebook group and also in our app. We have an app as well where we post our scores. And everyone is just celebrating each other. They're cheering each other on from the elite athletes to the ones that are just (laughs) beginners like me. And it doesn't matter if you're just learning to do your handstands. Or you're just learning to do a pull-up, you have a huge group of champions, literal, literal champions, cheering you on and and championing, champion, championing you for you. So it's just a beautiful thing. I am, I love it in every way. I feel stronger. I feel healthier in my mind, in my heart. And I just, I love the fact that I've had to start from the ground and grow. It's good for me.
0: I love that. It's what a perfect connection too. just to consider that you can find community in something like that. And I keep hearing from you this theme of that you don't really love to have to uh, cannonball in, (laughs) but it's good for you. It's kind of how you've been made up. And I'm sure that has to do with uh, your past, your trauma where you have to, you know, like that idea of control. Is that maybe accurate in your self-assessment? very accurate. <laughs> and that's something I think many of us can relate to. Right. And so I just love this life that you're living, um, championing again, this message that, uh, we don't have to have all the answers and we have to fight sometimes ourselves to, you know, um, bash that lie of perfection. Like we don't need to strive for perfection and that we can lean into community for that. And that's just such a beautiful message coming from you, Tara. It's, it's really timely too. I think and important for us to consider how we can do that in our own lives. Like what can we release right now? Because we're, we're being made, um, we're being pruned and we're being forged right now, everybody, because we've had to relinquish a lot of control, right? And I'm sure that's driving
1: a lot of us nuts. It's true. And I, you know, I don't want to turn this whole conversation to sports, but I love sports. And one of the things I keep thinking about is it kind of feels, you know, in the situation that we're in right now, it kind of feels like we are everyone, no one's exempt from getting their world flipped upside down and having to change the way they do business, right? Even I just talked about my CrossFit gym. They've flipped everything. They have to change the way that they do things, but they're doing it to serve their community, to serve their people, to keep their little business open, right? And I think back to my KC Chiefs, my boys, they won the Super Bowl this past year and I'm just so proud of them Honestly, being in this community, we're still celebrating it. May, we may be quarantined, but you will see it anywhere where people are <laughs> posting pictures. They have their cheap shirts on. But I think back to this one, the Texans game that they had, and they were literally 24 points behind at the onset, like at the very beginning. And it was seemingly disastrous. You know, we're not going to come back. We're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. but. Patrick Mahomes, our young quarterback, never lost hope for that team. I mean, when he was giving them feedback on the sidelines and when he was, he was picking them up. Come on, get yourselves together. This is not over. We, we're not done. And, and to the viewers and some of the people like just stopped watching it. I remember listening to interviews afterward. They just stopped watching it. Like it's over. But the truth is, it's not over. It was a temporary setback. And I think right now we are kind of in this temporary setback. We're in this temporary place where it's a temporary new norm. You know, LaVonna said that in my podcast the other day, this isn't the new norm. This is a temporary new norm. And I think we have to tell our brains that we're learning a lot of skills right now. And these guys and the Kansas City Chiefs boys, they learn to pick themselves up and to pull themselves out of that huge deficiency to end up winning 51 to 31 at the end of the game. And so I think that's how it has to be for us right now, all of us, I don't care what profession you're in, you're in a temporary setback, but it's not over. This game is not over. You're learning new skills. You're learning new ways of doing business to better serve your people. And when you come out on the other side, we will be victorious. We are gonna have this opportunity to be able to have all these new skills, these new ways of doing business that we can then integrate into our everyday business. So if you're an educator, think about all of these things that you're learning that will now become a very natural part of the classroom. If you are a CrossFit coach, think about all these cool skills that you're learning that when people have to be out for certain reasons, then you have a way to flip the... the. Workouts for them, and they can actually do things at their house. And the way they're doing it, they're like no equipment, some equipment, all equipment. And so they're learning to differentiate within the home for these people. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. When we're forced to learn new things, we do it. We swim. When we are shoved in the deep end, we swim because we know how to swim and we're not going to let ourselves drown. And I think that's how we have to think. We have to be like the Chiefs. We have to be like. The champions, they literally became the champions because they didn't let their mindset sink into that low place that this is the new norm, that we have lost the battle. No, they said, get yourselves together. Like, we are champions. We will grow. from. We're going to win this game. And I think that's how we have to think as educators, as professionals right now in this very dark hour, that we're going to win we're going to come out as champions on the other end of this. And we're going to be stronger. We're going to have new skill sets. And our our workplace, whatever that is, our work setting is going to be better for it.
0: Wow. That What a powerful message. I feel like that's such a perfect way to uh, champion for the listeners right now. We needed to hear that. And I think it's so true. And I think it's really cool that you're referencing that comeback story for the Super Bowl. I just actually heard that in a faith-filled message this week, the exact um, message, Tara. So how beautiful is that said in a different way because it can only be said by Tara Martin in a particular way. So you're amazing. (laughs) Um, Well, Tara, I have just really enjoyed this interview so far, but I wanted to make sure that we get our two standard questions in because I know my listeners are always listening for those. So two questions to end us out. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the first one is, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say?
1: Um, I think I would write a letter to myself at that 13-year-old age um, we talked about earlier. And I would just remind that little girl that that you have such a powerful message to share with so many people that you will one day be in influencing and your splash is so important like you'll never truly know the impact of your splash but if you don't jump you'll never get to experience it so i would just remind her that that you're going to overcome all of these things and you will be
0: a champion one day you'll be able to help others Awesome. Okay. So how about this one? If we have listeners that are finding themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what what words could you say to help them rise up out of it?
1: Um, I would say when I find myself in a pit of fear and doubts, I start to look around and see who I can uplift because uplifting others gives me some joy. It gives me this sense of purpose, but it also gives me this sense of... Excitement. I get so excited when I'm able to help others. And it it brings this new mindset into my mind. It helps me to think more positively. It helps me to rewire those connections that are starting to go negative in my mind, the snaps, whatever you want to call it, and helps me to think in a more positive direction. So if I were giving listeners who are sinking into that place of fear, I would say, look around you and who can you offer encouragement to you? Because that's, what's going to bring you out.
0: That is such a beautiful message and how perfectly tied to this wonderful series. I can't imagine you being well-fitted for anything else. I've been so inspired by you today and Tara, I needed to hear so much of what you said. So I know it's going to resonate with our listeners. And I'm so deeply grateful that you took time to give this interview today. Would you give uh, the listeners the best way? Cause you're everywhere. Right. But like, what's the best way to get a hold of you if they want to connect with you?
1: So connecting with me, um, on all social media. So we'll start with Twitter. I'm probably the most present on Twitter. So Twitter is at Tara Martin edu. You can also look on my website, Tara There's a connect form on there. So if you just want to email me, if you just go to that little form, you can connect with me right away. Also, um, Instagram, Tara Real. And YouTube, Tara M. Martin, and now the podcast,
0: uh, The Real Journey Show. So you can connect with me in many different ways. How lucky for us. And I'm so excited about that. And listeners, as always, I will make sure to link that in the show notes so that you can get a hold of her afterward. You don't have to try to search that on your own. Tara, I just wish you so many blessings. And I thank you. Thank you for letting me amplify your incredible champion story.
1: Thank you for having me on the show, Sarah. I'm so honored.